What's up team and welcome back to another episode, another installment of the Thriving in Fatherhood podcast. I sat down with my man Nick Perry, Uh, I think this is his third time on the Thriving in Fatherhood podcast Uh, and we had a a banger of a conversation that I'm excited to share with you but before I do, I just wanted to say a massive thank you Um, and even if you're new, new to the podcast, if you're a new listener, a massive thank you for engaging in this conversation taking part in this conversation of thriving in fatherhood and shifting the narrative around the transition into fatherhood and what that can look like and what that can um, be experienced like so if you've just listened if you've sent me a message if you've suggested a topic or suggested a guest or sent a podcast to a friend um However you have engaged, I just wanted to say a massive thank you because the ripple effect of taking part in and sharing these conversations really does spread far and wide. And like that's how change is initiated. Initially, if we're changing our conversations, that can be the seeds of creating a real meaningful change in our homes and in our communities. So massive thank you to you. Um, and if you haven't yet, and you have enjoyed the podcast, I would love if you would subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode. And if you could leave a review, either click the five stars on Spotify or leave a review on Apple Podcast, wherever you're listening to it. It'll take about 30 seconds or so of your time and will go a really long way to helping us get these conversations into more people's ears. The last thing before we dive into the conversation with Nick is applications are filling up So spots are filling for the Integrated Masculine Leadership Program. So if you want to claim one of the remaining spots, if you're a man that feels like starting 2023 strong with a really solid support structure and dive in and really just take your self-leadership to the next level, then head to my website, taliocona.com, and uh, go to Programs and fill out an application Uh, and we'll get back to you in the new year. So that is there for you. We've got about four more spots. So if you've been thinking about getting amongst it and you want to start next year strong, go and apply, and then we can um, jump on the phone and have a chat and answer any questions you've got, see if it's a good fit for you, and go from there. So in this chat with Nick, we dove into the topic of dad bod, and we spoke into body shame in men and vitality for new dads. So Nick shared some of his personal experience with this, um, a lot of his professional experience with this, and it was just a really, it was a conversation on a topic that we haven't explored yet on the podcast. So I'm excited to um, share this nuanced uh, conversation. It's as with anything in life, it's not black and white. Um, And I really think it's important that we bring conversations like this to the forefront. So, with that said, I hope you enjoy this conversation between myself and Nick Perry. Okay, we're on. Nick Perry, round three? Four? Don't know. I think four. I think four. Yeah, Yeah. four. Because round one was first ever's. Yeah, which is so cool. Um, this is definitely round three for thriving in fatherhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, 
Nice. Let's get into it. All let's right. Let's get into it. Let's All right. um let's uh how are you? <laughs> yeah. How's that for a how's that for a heavy hitting first question? <laughs> Pretty good, thanks. How are you? Um no, nah, I'm I'm on my 19th wind for the year, you know, like I had yeah. a second wind and then you know, fluffed out and third and fourth. So I feel like coming into you know the Christmas, the Christmas home stretch. Uh, I am really motivated, actually. I'm really mm-hmm. energized. Part of that is because a, a few of my projects are coming into completion. So um, amplifies out online community mm-hmm. mentorship is in, in the intake stages connecting with some awesome men and then in my physical world um, the renovation that is happening downstairs from the flood damage in fucking february it's been dragging on is just about complete oh and that like, must feel oh. yeah yeah it's like woo! holding center on just that alone this year has been teeth gritting at times so um, it's been a slow, drawn-out process. I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling motivated. And I'm also feeling tired. Yeah. Nice one, man. Relate yeah. to relate to much of that. <laughs> the old paradox of both. But um, nice yeah. one, man. Stoked that that uh, Renault is coming to, yeah, completion. The dojo, man. The dojo is back online just about. So, Oof. yeah. We'll Welcome be, back. Welcome yeah. back, dojo. We'll be rolling around in there next yeah. time you're down yeah sounds good my man um nice one let's dive into it man as we were sort of chatting a little bit before we hit record as one of the many topics we could dive into um we're gonna rip into dad bod yeah we're rip into fatherhood uh vitality dad bod men's uh men's body stuff and just mm-hmm. um yeah, and see what see what comes of that because I think it's like you mentioned doesn't get heaps of airtime, um, mm. but does significantly impact things. And just mm. I'll speak from my personal experience when I'm feeling a bit sloppy, a bit weak, haven't been training. It impacts every area of my life. Mm. It impacts my confidence to get on a video and share, like show up in my business. It impacts mm. all the things, and it. You know, it doesn't mean I've blown out and put on 15 kilos and da 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 da. Like it can be subtle, but it has a significant impact. And I definitely find that in a lot of the guys um, that I work with as well. Mm. Um, but I'm curious to hear from you because this was something that you were like, this would be a good topic. You kind of championed this as something to speak to. Mm. Um, I'd love to hear why. Why do you yeah. feel like this is for you personally, professionally? What's yeah, why do you feel like this is an important one to dive into? Yeah, so the dad bod conversation mm. is a for me it's important important because on the personal level it's it's alive. On the professional level, it's definitely alive, meaning working with men where this is a, a something that's coming up for them. And on the social level, right? So meeting new dads that I haven't, you know, men that I haven't met before and as it just so happens, the interactions, young families, chatting with dads, 
And it's like, it's been coming up. And mm. the energy behind it coming up is like, fuck, like, the dad bod, uh, I'm going to say issue for now, is a thing. Mm. Um, and it's a tricky one because life, when stepping into fatherhood, it changes so drastically and it changes forever. Um and there are there's a lot of pressure like culturally and also on the personal level you know men putting pressure on themselves to look a certain way like it's a thing and so why i wanted to talk about it in you know with you um and yeah for us to unfold it together is because it doesn't get much airtime and mm -hmm. What is awesome is that uh, like women's body dysmorphia, or body shame or, or you know beauty standards does typically get discussed more frequently. Mm -hmm. What's going on behind the scenes and in the shadows for men is similar shit. And that that's what I'm discovered. Mm -hmm. And that's why I want to be like, okay, well, let's let's open this up. Mm -hmm. So men can feel seen, heard, supported and have access to solutions um, around their own issues in their own physiological changes that have come about from becoming a father. Yeah. So that's, that. I guess that's the overarching thing. Yeah. And to, to bring it into a personal context, since becoming a father, my fucking fitness and strength has undeniably dropped. Yeah. My ability to train um, to stretch, to mobilize, to you know, go surfing three times a day, Gornskis, you know, <laughs> as far as as far as what it used to be. So, so naturally, um, the athletic identity that I now realize was really important to me has it's it's changed. It's not the same, and mm. and so as I'm embracing the fatherhood the father identity there has has been somewhat of a sacrifice so it's like yeah last we were just sort of jamming on just before we hit record it's like all right instead of this being a black and white and me getting stuck in the trap of comparison right because i find that men compare comparison is the thief of joy we know that Men are comparing themselves to, you know, to peers or fucking celebrities or, you know, this portrayal of the masculine beauty standard is getting pretty outrageous. Um, but they're also comparing themselves to a younger version of themselves. And that's just going to rob them of joy equally as much. And that's what I've been catching in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And um on that, because the dad bod, if you say the word dad bod, what comes to mind for me and what most people would be like, putting on weight, belly, that kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Shoulders I'm, narrowing. Shoulder, yeah. Skin going <laughs> fucking pasty. Like just, yeah, just like like yeah. a scrawny thing. Or as Conor McGregor used to describe Nate Diaz as, as skinny fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what's important is because I love the two words you used were fitness and strength, I'm pretty sure. 
And because as much as the dad bod can be, when you're talking about it for you personally, what's mm. dropped, fitness and strength. Mm-hmm. And then you said a few other things. But because for me, definitely, like there's been zero weight gain and there was zero weight gain. And there, but did I feel a drop in my vitality? Did I feel a drop in my strength and mm. my physical fitness? Yes. And so I think also just expanding this as we're talking into it is um, dad bod just not necessarily only meaning weight gain. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like cool. not feeling Good. vital, not yeah. feeling strong. Because I know um, personally, when you feel strong, even if your physical body doesn't st- change, but you feel strong, then you're going to feel better mm-hmm. in your body. And so it's that, yeah, it's almost like access to physicality is is what we're talking about a little bit. What like that's my frame of it. Like mm. how much access do I have to my physicality, um, and then. Because that, to me, I don't know, just broadens the frame a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's than, super important. Yeah, yeah. To to be clearer in the in the definition of what are we talking about with dad bod? It's like it is aesthetically, it is referencing aesthetic, um, not necessarily putting on weight. Mm. It does include putting on weight. I'm similar to you, ectomorph. Um, I don't really put on weight quite easily but i do change shape and i do like i do lose strength um, mm. whereas you know other men and and these are these are some of the conversations i've been having with these guys these these dads that i've met it's like they are putting on weight they're like fuck gotcha. like, they're yeah. actually stacking on you know five eight ten kgs and and mm. that's because their body type that's what happens and yeah for them and um but yeah, yeah. I, I like that you went into the, the the place that's beyond the aesthetic which is feeling strong mm. is a really great feeling to to express as well and so yeah if that starts to dip then how does that impact yeah everything else yeah yeah beautiful um and i think look also bringing into the lens as um we're unpacking it is it's almost like it's a phenomena, right? And so I think I'd love to speak into why, why it happens. What are the physiological changes that happen? What are the logistical changes in lifestyle that happen that would contribute to dad bod becoming a thing? And it's not like it's um, written in the stars. It doesn't necessarily have to become a thing, but it's hugely common, right? And it makes sense. And I feel like... Because like you mentioned before we hit record, it's just feedback. That Mm. recognition of checking in like, whoa, this is the current state for my body is taking and current state my fitness is in. Like that's an objective thing, but it gets put through a lens of guilt and shame and comparison and all of that. And that's the bit that we want to look at. The objective reflection isn't good, bad, right or wrong. It's just, okay, this is what is present. Yeah. But the, the dirty lens of guilt, shame and contraction that it that it comes with that i feel like is a really important piece of the picture that if we could clean that glass a little bit Mm. then we can start to approach our vitality our health our body our all of it um in a healthier way yeah and our our role like yeah yeah what you know what's bigger than what what's the bigger thing yeah um 
that we could potentially zoom out and perceive too. It's like, okay, well, we have a role. And in that first six months, eight months, um, that role means that we are, we are, we're less active and we're more present and we're, and we are holding it down, you know, in different ways for different men in different circumstances, but the, the role, the priority of that role is to be in that more of a lover place, more of a lover archetype and less of a warrior archetype. So <laughs> inevitably we're going to be burning less cal calories because we're not out there swinging our sword in the world mm -hmm. we're at home um nurturing our you know our partner and our and our children or child or how, however many that is and that's just fucking awesome right instead mm -hmm. of you know and the body is going to reflect that to some degree mm -hmm. because to hold down that 5% body fat, ripped to the bone, shredded, you know, mobile, athletic physicality re requires a, a volume of fucking training and, and all of that. And it's like, well, guess what? In these early stages of fatherhood, that's fucking not important. Mm -hmm. It's less important. It's less uh, yeah. important. Yeah. Um, and it is something that we get to pick back up as the family it, you know develops and the children get older and you know more support comes in or, or whatever that dynamic is but um i think it's important to like you say clean the glass of like this expectation that i should be fucking chris hemsworth all day every day no matter what through all seasons yeah yeah through, yeah. yeah i love that um and that initial thing of just acknowledging the season is so important because without realizing it we play into the linear growth model of mm. capitalism and you know that's the waters that we're swimming in right yeah. that's the paradigm that all of this is floating under is linear growth right of mm -hmm. ourselves, of our relationship. And, you know, we're talking about body at the moment, but acknowledging the season within a relationship too. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, you haven't had sex in as long and you're not having as much sex. Well, what season are you in? Oh, that makes perfect fucking sense mm -hmm. that you're, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that season, seasonal acknowledgement relieves a lot of suffering and creates a lot of context for being okay with what is, right? And then it doesn't mean you... um disregard what is or you're like you just can just asterisk it and be like cool revisit in a month <laughs> rather yeah. than beat myself <laughs> up right now for what yeah. it is it's like, oh cool we want to keep tabs on things right um but under the context of what season am i in and what's required of me right now i think is yeah is really really important mm. Which is 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 groundbreaking. Like if to 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 hear that for the first time is completely groundbreaking. To to I love that you said alleviate suffering. It's like ah, oh, cool, unnecessary suffering. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's 
a paradigm shift, like you say, it's a pivot and it can happen just in hearing what you just said. Um, so yeah, there's the acknowledgement of that. There's part of me that wants to draw blood right now. It's like, okay, how do we draw blood? How do we, how do we get into this in a way that's um, speaking to, to the suffering, right? So as a man, let me try and like offer my own process with this to get into into it in like a more of a personal level as a, a place you know a new father speaking as a new father who has okay um i think the edge for me on this one is like an acknowledgement of a degree of body dysmorphia right where where um what i'm kind of learning about myself in my discontent of my own my own physicality um that has come through these priority shifts that that are yeah in the season of right now is i'm waking up to a shadow of mine which is i've never actually liked my body wow i'm nice. like hold on um I remember when I was probably 27 and I was doing gymnastics three days a week and I was like hammering the calisthenics and I was lifting and I was corrective exercise coach and I was elitely athletic. And I, at the time, was perceiving myself as like, such a novice and so not there and so and just stuck in comparison right and seeing myself and you know just hyper focused on what i judge to be um inadequate or a flaw in my ability my skill set but also my aesthetic how i looked so it's been really interesting because i look back on photos then i'm like damn i wish oh you know i was like occupying that rig because this one's feeling real dad bod right now. And then I look back younger and I'm like 24. I'm like, oh yeah, that was the thing. And I look back younger, 18. I'm like, I fucking hated that, you know, like that this is the way that looked. And then I'm like, holy shit, if I keep following these photos back, I'm, I'm in primary school now and I'm not liking the way I look. Mm. There, there's a body dysmorphia um, trait in this that I haven't felt is important to acknowledge. Um, so if I don't acknowledge that, then I'm going to pass that on to my kid. How mm. could I not? How could I not? That's who, just who I'm being. And that, that's going to be part of the transmission I give, even if it's not overt. Um, but Man, more, that's huge. yeah, more to the point. And I, I really want to bring this back. I want to bring this back for the men listening, for the, for the new dads listening. For, it's like um, the opportunity that this physical change that I'm in the season of is, is offering me is a, like a true, a true embodiment of self-love, right? So can I be here, right? And can I zoom out like way for like 20,000 feet in the air and look down on this and see the whole past, present, future, the whole lifespan in me, you know, really sit in the king's chair and then come back into the world come back into my body get 
butt ass naked and stand in front of the mirror and just go, whoa, like this is my vessel, right? And mm-hmm. and this is what has got me to here. And this is what can fight for my family and die for my family and like pursue my goals and, and bring my legacy into the world. And like, this is the basis of all of that in this third dimension. Like this is the vehicle of my soul. And right now it looks like this and it's that's cool. Like, can I be with it in this state? Can I be with it in this shape? And drop the fucking comparisons, um, and drop the judgments, and drop all the the disappointment and shaming, and start to to relate with it like an ally, mm. uh, like a gift. Mm. And that in itself is going to have a physiological response. That in itself is going to actually shape how my body looks quite literally. You know, 100%. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's science that qualifies that. Um, but I think, yeah, again, trying to trying to really land on this on this piece and, and get to it. It's what I what I want to open the conversation up around is body dysmorphia in men, mm-hmm. like how that is leveraged and and exacerbated in our culture mm. now more than ever yeah yeah and, yeah and and can we just name that and can we support each other in like acknowledgement and celebration of the body we have and come from that place yeah in, in getting back into exercise and in getting back into you know to be motivated from a place of um celebration and self-respect rather than that lo- that loathsome state that, that oh, not man. good enough place yeah yeah it's it's changing the fuel source and this yeah. is I'd, what i'd love to hear some more insight on um it's changing the fuel source from pain guilt maybe shame and again this isn't necessarily conscious but it's like yeah i'm not good enough and my acknowledgement of my not good enough is what gets me moving so that's what's actually helped me achieve goals before, not being mm-hmm. satisfied with who and what I am now. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go and do the thing and it's helped me achieve the goals. And it's been a fuel source for movement and for momentum. And what you're speaking to is switching fuel source mm. to inspiration and acknowledgement of the glory of what is and what, what can be, right? And mm. I, I haven't necessarily had this around... Um, my body to a significant degree, but this switching fuel source thing, I've had in a huge um, way around money and mm. around like my business. And it's like, whoa, like, am I okay as I am as a man if I'm at this point? Whereas the scarcity and the fear of not being able to provide and the fear of not being enough, that's been was my fuel source for so long. And mm. this has been a real untangling. So, Cause I can just, I know for me, there was a resistance to letting go. Cause I was a bit almost, um, what's the word? Skeptical and being like, well, if I just love myself as I am, then I won't fucking do anything. And I'll yeah. Just I'll be become apathetic. Yeah. I'll just be a slob. So it's like, Nick, well, you surely a little bit of self-loathsome, you know, being devil's advocate here, surely a little bit of that to get my ass in the gym, David Goggin style, surely a little bit of that's helpful, you know? Like, and there's this like, fuck, I don't, I've never used this other fuel source of inspiration and I'm actually stoked on what is like, so there's this unknown 
ness to that because I yeah. yeah so like speak to that a little bit because I know you would have helped guys switch this fuel source before in lots of areas of life like unpack that a little bit for me yeah I yeah I first started really dialing this this piece in um with men especially like years ago when I was running in person um like these six-week things for so this this offering I had called conquest and it was really cool because I think I ran five of them and when we got to this session on physicality, what I noticed was there was kind of an expectation of like, oh, we're going to learn to exercise and we're going to learn to train. But but the main message in that session was the place that you are stepping into the training session from, like yes. the consciousness behind the action, because um, that's what manifests. It's not the desire, it's the consciousness behind the desire. So what is in the higher potential? What is in the higher good? What is what is the consciousness that has an effect that equals a higher frequency, right? A higher vibration, a bigger broadcast. So if we're talking about cause and effect, it's like, okay, well, what's the effect you want to have? Okay, so if you're going to cause that, what's the most effective way to cause that? And we know shame is a fucking low it, it's it's a poor fuel source right it's 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 fuel that's full of water you know you wouldn't put that in your car and if you do the engine's going to splutter and fucking put out smoke mm-hmm. it's not going to be effect, effective and efficient but if we're coming from we're coming, and it's like it might get the car moving but it's going to damage the vehicle long term yes right on it's like right short on. term cool yet yeah, that might get your ass into the gym today and tomorrow maybe the next day but even if it keeps you in the gym physiologically it's going to be doing damage and it and it you you cannot maintain it as a fuel source long term you will get sick you will burn out you will that's it yeah that's it yeah yeah right on it it's true um, that will be reflected back to you. Mm. One of the most clear, like one of the clearer messages the universe offers is, you know, the pain teacher. So it's like injury is a great one. So like, what is the injury reflecting back to you? What, is, what can you learn about yourself from this injury? And something to check in with is, okay, yeah, what's the place I was coming from when I stepped into this? fucking boot camp you know or this 20-day challenge or you know whatever it is um so that there's that whole spiritual psychosomatic frame up that that we've just chucked in the mix there Mm. and the thing i'm just really compelled in this chat to keep bringing it back to is how do we get this beyond the concept like how yes let's let's create a um a personal experience in this so again it's like if you're listening can you check in with your motivators like what are the motivators really and how externally derived are they and if you could just drop that just for like 10 breaths and consider what it might be like to really show up for yourself in your own life from a place of honoring your uniqueness, right? Honoring your personal journey and your personal curriculum that your soul is here to pass through and become super present in that. 
And maybe you'll get to a place where it doesn't actually matter. That comparison doesn't matter. It becomes, it drops away and becomes completely irrelevant. Mm. And you can start to see it as a, 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 a vacuum, a drain that just takes you out of the full potency of your own self. And so what's it like to come back into a place of self-honoring, really, based on right where you are now, not four weeks from now once you've got back into the gym and you've cleaned up your diet and you're like, I'm saying that right now, Uh can we kind of just like breathe into that together and meditate on that together for a couple breaths and um, get really real about this whole conversation and and the whole notion of personal development so it doesn't become a fucking echo chamber it's like when you step into the chamber it stops bouncing around and it it absorbs into you yeah yeah am i ranting am i ranting yeah but i love (laughs) it that's why i keep having you back on (laughs) um because it to me it's like and it, it 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 speaks to personal i'm glad you brought that in personal development in general because the space that which we step into a program from if it's i'm a piece of shit and this program will make me better yeah that's a losing frame and unless that frame changes you might learn some new skills and tools and feel better momentarily but if you still have the frame that i'm a piece of shit and i'm uh, this will make me better no bueno man no good Mm -hmm. and it's what can happen is i find a lot of people especially you start listening to audiobooks podcasts awareness grows and then we want to go straight to action. Oh, I'm showing up this main way in my relationship and I'm judging it without realizing it. Mm. What can I do so that I don't have to sit in the pain of this self-judgment? And we skip the acceptance piece. Mm. It's like awareness of the issue of the bod. I'm looking in the mirror like, Oof, okay, yeah, this is me. Acceptance. And then what do we do? <laughs> Fucking nice. Like yes. rather yes. than just. It's and that requires practice, man. Mm. Like for me personally, it's like, oh, yep. Because again, that guilt or, or whatever it is is a powerful force that will get you mm. moving. Mm. And it's uncomfortable. It's gross, man. It's like we want to just go straight to action. Right? Mm. Just mm. get me doing something so that I don't have to sit in the discomfort this squirmy discomfort of where I am, you know. <laughs> and then it's like you're just sneaking around your life, aren't you? <laughs> Hoping you don't get found out. You know, like uh, the, that, as the saying goes, um, shame can only live in secrecy. Mm. So if I'm not even acknowledging it to myself and starting the process of acceptance, then yeah, I'm just I'm just bouncing around, hiding behind you know the dumpster and the you know the corner of the building and just sneaking yeah. through through life um, instead of walking fucking naked down the middle of the street, proud yeah. and you know proud and accepting of like here I am. Yeah, yeah, man, I love that. Um, and then bringing it back practical. Yeah. Like if it's like, okay, cool story. Pally, cool story, Nick. What do I what do I do with that? Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> glad to see you're enjoying yourselves. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. It's like, yes, we are. But yeah, let's what do I do with go, that? Because this is my the, the ever-present tension of like yes and 
Like, yeah. yes, and, and, and I want to bring this back to the acknowledgement of the season. Maybe the season is for softening mm-hmm. into the lover. Maybe the season is for well, there are, you know, natural physiological drops in our testosterone levels when we become fathers. And like mm-hmm. all of these things are happening for a reason. And within that, how do we maintain our vitality mm-hmm. to a degree that is serving us and, again, serving our family? Because like you said, priorities shift mm-hmm. and self-sacrifice might increase and time for self-decrease, natural part of it, healthy part of it, and it can slip too far and it can slip for six months and then never fucking come back. And that's when we start running into issues. We get to a point where not prioritizing the self is actually not serving the family. And so bringing that into the conversation of like, cool, how do we navigate what's true for me now? Where like, am I bullshitting myself and letting myself off the hook or am I being too hard on myself? Like, mm-hmm. and navigating that conversation. So I'd love to hear from you personally, mm-hmm. how you navigate that yeah. balance and then, yeah, how you support the men that you work with. Yeah, cool. Great, great. Because what we're talking about is um, not justifying the foregoing of self-responsibility. 100%. No self, matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And you're self-care. still responsible. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is, same, see, same, same. self care is self responsibility in action. Um, yeah. So, when I think we, we can look at this in a kind of hierarchical sense mm-hmm. of, of what, when it comes to vitality, impacts the hardest, the quickest. Right. So it's like we can't, you know, if the, the volume and the intensity of movement wanes, like that's okay if you are breathing optimally, mm. right? If you are staying hydrated, you know, you like these are the things you just cannot afford to let slip. Mm. You know, as a man, as, a, as somebody that's having to hold energy and, and hold responsibility. Nutrition, nutrition, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Manage stress, nutrition. So I, I look. I'm just gonna start with 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 those two. Let's just start with those two because they are pretty like tactile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to vitality, don't ever, ever, ever fuck with your hydration and nutrition. So I don't think being coming a father is. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think it it warrants that. Okay, well, I can drop the ball on this now. That's something that you can't because the impact it has is felt almost immediately, mm. and at the rate it takes for for your vitality to drop, it's going to take about four times as long to bring it back up. That's a horrendous stat. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's like yeah, yeah I, I know. At the Easy rate to lose, hard can, to regain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if and, you, and if yeah, it's good to wanna, hear though because yeah, this is this is exactly what I wanted. A bit of that directness as well because mm-hmm. it's like yes, priorities slip, but it's like which ones are we going to let slip and how far are we going to let them slip? I think yeah. is the important conversation because, like for me. I let nutrition slip more than I let movement slip. Maybe yeah. that's a, 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 just a 
values thing or a I like think movement I think is more gets, effortless and enjoyable. Whereas yeah, I think I need it's to that. think more about or, or whatever yeah. it might be. But um, yeah, I love the directness of being like you. You can only let it slip for so long before it's going to be a big fucking hill to climb coming yeah. back out of it. And it's like, yeah, checking in with where we're at with that. I think is important. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I don't think it's excusable or acceptable for, for the things that are you know key key for lack of a better word in you being alive Mm, yeah oh man and the family this is the thing that i check back in with as well is if i'm putting energy mental energy time putting my vitality into my business to provide financially Mm. yet i'm not having the time to cook properly for my family or ensure that the cooking is being taken care of, if that's something that Kat and I share or whatever it might be. Like it's it's almost like what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like so coming back to this, yeah, like, like are we, is the yeah. family drinking clean water? Is the family yeah. eating well? It's like yeah. understanding that that in our capitalistic society, we naturally get drawn to the loudest, squeakiest wheel, which is often financial stress. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's like actually what leadership looks like is understanding these other priorities need to be taken care of in some, some way, shape or form. Yes, yes. And if you're an adult, then it's on you to, to, to take responsibility for that. And if you don't know how, it's on you to fucking learn. Because I hear that, oh, I don't cook and blah. It's like if you're a man and you can't cook, then you need to fucking learn how to cook. It's such a boring thing to hear. I can't cook. Well, that's a life skill, man. Um, <laughs> you don't need to be a sous chef or a Michelin star fucking champion, but like you need to have uh, a few dishes up your sleeve and a basic understanding of, of macronutrients, right? Mm. So you can you can reach for the foods that you know your body is asking for. You need to be able to... to differentiate between you know um a lipid a fucking protein and a and a carbohydrate and have a novice understanding of what your body responds best to and those you're responsible for how do they go on these different you know macronutrients Mm -hmm. right because Mm -hmm. it's like if you've got a you know a breastfeeding woman who's under fat you know not getting enough fat, not not getting enough protein. It's like, well, this is important. This is vitally fucking important that you can just support in that way, just oversee, not in a fucking micromanaging way. Just be like, oh man, like how, okay, I'm seeing lots of, you know, she's eating lots of fruit, lots of fruit, lots of fruit. Awesome. Keep eating the fruit. That's what your body wants. And then if the mood starts to drop or the sleep starts being affected or, you know, there's these little symptoms and things that are showing up that indicate, okay, there's a protein deficiency going on here or there's, you know, there's a blood sugar instability. That's something that I can just throw together, you know, some coconut oil, some fucking nuts, some dates, just make like a a, a, you know, a fatty protein rich snack and mm. just offer it here. Cool. And same for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, man, I don't nutri- nutrition, nutrition, basic nutrition knowledge and basic culinary skills. If you're an adult, is your fucking responsibility. That's my belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's um, I agree, one hundred percent. And even if somebody's like, yeah, it's just not my wheelhouse, it's like, okay, <laughs> okay, fair, right? Yeah. Not mm-hmm. going to project my value set onto anybody, but then be in a position to pay someone to do it for you. Like, yeah, it needs to be taken care of, right? In some way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. if we're abdicating that responsibility, we're burdening somebody else with it. And if that's, and then, and yeah. So I, I agree, man. I agree 100%. And um, I think it's an important piece because <clears throat> you can do that in a way that doesn't load, take much time away and doesn't load up extra stress, right? Yeah. Whereas when it comes yeah. to the exercise and training front, sometimes that can add stress and I want to speak into different ways of moving the body and all of that. Um mm. And also what I want to speak into with this is it's that clarity on the vision and what am I creating? Because initially, let's just say you're not a very good cook or or nutrition isn't your jam. Mm. There'll be a learning curve where it feels like hard work Mm. before it becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. acknowledging that phase and knowing it doesn't, it won't be like that forever. But it's like that's a hill that needs to be climbed <laughs> if mm. you're providing for a family. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah. I think anchoring yeah. in the vision and what I want to create and, and all of that is important. Even though we're talking about basic meal structure, you know, something that's you know just in the day to day minutiae of things. I think zooming out and being anchored in the vision of what we're creating. It brings more heat to it, brings more weight to it if it's not a natural high value of ours. Well, if we're well, like, it gives us, putting... yeah, it gives, it gives us direction. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's, it's um, doing the right thing in inverted commas, but it's just flailing. It's like, yeah. but, but what is your, in, what is the intent? You know, the intention give it directs the energy. So, where is it directing to? It's the vision. I fucking love that you said that because that's always my my like. It's got to come back to that. Yeah, it's got to come back to that. Otherwise, it'll drop away. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be fun for a phase, and then it'll be like, hey, you know, that was mm. cool, but I'm over it. But if it's mm-hmm. connected to the thing that's bigger, mm. then that bigger thing feeds feeds yeah. you through the shitty stage where you're not yeah. good at. It yeah yeah beautiful love that let's um while we're on the sort of the how-to or what needs to be done and because we'll circle this back to sort of where we started with the dad bod conversation but um i feel like the movement piece is is a um and because just like with the food having a basic understanding of what movements my body does well with what movements are bringing energy into my body versus actually taking energy out of my body. Like if I'm sleep deprived and cooked, probably not going to be doing gnarly hit training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I might yeah. get a rush of endorphins afterwards and be like, I feel better. But again, if we're talking about longevity, having an understanding and building that relationship with our body. So we actually know what it needs, not just from a food perspective, but from a movement perspective, I think is 
important as well. So I know like this is your jam. Movement is your jam. Um, yeah. So I'd love to hear your approach, like personally, how you've navigated. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, again, bringing it back to the guy that's like, I'm feeling sluggish in my body and I know I'm not, I know I'm not thriving. Like yeah. how to, what, what to do, right? What well, to do. Yeah. So let, let me, I'll, I'll approach this with like three aspects, right? The first is I'm going to loop back to dropping comparison, right? Because yeah, if it come, if you are comparing yourself, like you're going to start so disheveled and so confused. Um, the other <laughs> thing is energy in movements and energy out movements. So working in, working out, and just knowing how, knowing how to feel what is cultivating energy which movements cultivate energy for you and which movements expend and exhaust energy out of you. And that's mm -hmm. where this question comes in. Do I have it to give today? Uh, and if it's, uh, you know, absolutely not, it's like, well, you still need to move, right? You are, a, you know, your biology is basically just fucking all of these tubes in, inside this flesh suit, right? your lymphatic system, your vascular system, your gastrointestinal system, like um, all, you know, all of the, all of th these are all kind of tubes, right? And they, they require, plus your viscera, your organs, you know, your, your detoxification pathways, your elimination pathways, all of these things, they actually require three-dimensional movement in what order to, to function. Three-dimensional movement. Um, Explain that to me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the human being, there are three planes of motion that coordinate together to create like functional human movement. So the sagittal plane, which is forwards and backwards, right? Mm -hmm. There's the frontal plane or the coronal plane, which is side to side. Mm -hmm. And then there's the transverse plane, which is rotational movement. So when you're walking, for example, that's all of those movements happening together or running, whatever. So I'm so stoked you said that because I want to froth out on walking in a second. I'll yeah, let you cool. I'll let you cool. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so when I say three-dimensional movements, why is it important to move three-dimensionally? So let's say flexion, which is bending forward, coupled with rotation, which is twisting, right? And let's say you bend forward and to the left, right? You're gonna you're gonna compress onto your liver, for example, and your small intestine, and you know your transcending colon and like like all, all of those organs are getting a, like a massage through the movement right and this is super important to keep that tissue hydrated to keep it energized to keep it mobilized super super important so it can do its thing um let's so let's think about movement in a as medicine in that way why it is important to move because if you aren't moving if you're overly sedentary then these tubes start to stagnate they start to block up they start to fester um and 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 you're going to feel that and it's going to feel like awful and if you continue to stay overly sedentary then you're going to start to see a whole myriad of symptoms pop up skin issues brain fog um you know early stage of fucking diseases and and anxiety anxiety right on mental exactly. yeah so I think that's what I want to frame up first is mm -hmm. that movement is medicine, right? It's not 
a luxury, it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you are not um, partial to moving, biologically speaking, in that objective sense, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to move, right? Again, yeah. it's part of your responsibility to to nourish to nourish you to, mm. to move the bioelectricity to move the chi to to we've got to move life is movement yeah love that and i love the distinction between looking at calling it movement versus exercise yeah let's say if we zoom out like what's the cultural narrative it's i got to exercise to lose weight mm. that's like mm. it's very like one-dimensional right mm-hmm. and then it's like ah oh, we're coming back to this place of we're wanting to drop the shame and guilt, recognize the gloriousness that is our human vessel, mm. and then look at it as movement as medicine. It's a whole different frame to how mm-hmm. we actually bring that into our life. And I think, um, yeah, I just love, I love that distinction. Yeah, it becomes yummy and delicious again. Of like, oh, I'm gonna twist into that, and it's like, oh, you know, you're gonna process emotion. Literally, your emotion will store in your tissues, so you're actually gonna you know your energy body is mobilized too with Mm -hmm. three-dimensional movement yeah um and why am i saying three-dimensional movement look let me just kind of like qualify why the fuck i'm saying that because it seems weird um sagittal plane dominant movements are typically championed in fitness industry right Mm -hmm. so sagittal plane where it's predominantly a forwards or backwards or up and down movement. So deadlifts, bent over rows, military press, back squats, front squats. Um, you, th- these are, you know, hip thrusts. These are the things that we see most commonly in these commercial gyms. Fucking leg extension machine, um, so shoulder hard. press machine, the, the, the lap pull down. Like look in a gym and most of the things that are being, you know, utilized in the machines are how they're designed are predominantly sagittal plane dominant uh-huh. um and that you know use it or lose it so if you're not moving a three-dimensional way you'll start to get stuck in that one plane of motion and the body's not designed to move in one plane of motion uh-huh. it needs to be able to coordinate through all um so plus there's the, the thing that i said earlier of if you're only in sagittal plane you're not actually going to um hydrate and and mobilize your you know your tissues and your viscera and um get that nutrition around the body most effectively. Mm. That's why I'm saying three-dimensional movement. Now, let's talk about energy in, energy out. Let's talk about working in and working out. So let's say your child's teething. Um, It's been uh, one of those like eight-day runs where, you know, you've pushed past your threshold like four times, like where you thought you couldn't possibly be any more tired you thought you couldn't possibly you know fulfill a, 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 an entire work day based on the sleep that you've had over the, the previous four or five or eight days whatever it's like but you have it's like cool so it's quite fair and and quite obviously apparent that you are depleted um you're tired uh your cognition is is just a ball and ball of mist like a squall um your adrenal system is has just been overworked to the to the bullshit um you're starting to feel inflamed you're not digesting as well you know all of all of these symptoms of being overly like charged in your sympathetic nervous system 
not enough parasympathetic, not enough restoration, not enough growth or repair. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you can actually move in a way that puts you into a, a growth and repair state, a rest and digest state. So you can do that. Now, if you're just getting over a flu or you feel like you're about to get the flu or something like that, you know, this isn't a good time to work out. This isn't a good time to smash out a heavy session, or, you know, like a, a 16 set session of lifting where mm-hmm. you are further breaking down tissue, right? You're, you're further, you're pushing yourself deeper into a catabolic state. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let me slow down because I want to kind of put some information into this without dropping it in passing. What makes a dad bod a dad bod? Part of it is the stress thing, right? So when you are in a prolonged state of stress, what happens is the body starts to become catabolic, right? It starts to feed on itself to replenish certain hormones that are necessary for survival, right? And a simplest way of explaining catabolic for somebody who doesn't know what that means, would you say you start to break down muscle, break down yeah. your, own, your own tissues for the release of nutrients like to so the stress response can do its thing like what's yeah, actually to kind of get raw materials yeah um to then produce the, the hormones necessary for survival so the the when we're in a catabolic state um the body typically will start to feed off lean muscle mass like that's where it's going to get the resources from now Part of what happens as, as a, a survival mechanism of the body will actually hold fat, right? So even if you're like training or whatever, you're not actually going to shed it because you are, you're, you're, you're in a chronically stressed state and the mm. fat won't drop away. That's why, you know, a lot of people find that when they catch up on sleep, they actually shed a whole bunch of weight and actually chuck on a bit of muscle mass again. Mm-hmm. because they've gone anabolic mm-hmm. so tissue repair tissue growth so let's say you're catabolic because you haven't been sleeping for fucking months on end um and you are you, you have multiple sources of stress coming in work responsibilities deadlines um holding space for emotions of your beloved who you know is in a sensitive season um all of the things right you're not getting your as much of your cup filling ritual in right you can't just break Mm -hmm. away for a morning surf every single morning like that's that's not the season you're in so you're chronically stressed you're becoming catabolic what won't serve you is then chucking a high intensity workout on top of that because it's working out it's mobilizing more energy it's expending more jing and chi it's it's breaking more tissue down so you will push yourself into you know you're going to get the flu basically yeah yeah yeah. which is super common i'm really run down it's like yeah well stop fucking gym bro stop doing f45 gym bro stop doing f45 (laughs) okay so what do i do instead nick what do I do instead? I hear you ask. I hear you cry. Um, move, move in a three-dimensional way. And what will be a really helpful gauge to know you are building energy is if you are able to maintain 
a rhythmic breathing respiration pattern your heart rate stays at a you know at a, an even and calm cadence and you are salivating that's probably the most obvious way to gauge am i parasympathetic am i in a place of rest and digest because when the body is out of the stress response the the functions of you know detoxification only then do they occur same with digestion mm. so you'll know you're primed for digestion because you know the first phase of digestion is mastication right? it's chewing and and the enzymes in your saliva mix with the food and go down and talk to the enzymes in your stomach and get passed around the body that way so when i'm parasympathetic i'm not going to have a dry mouth i'm not going to have an elevated heart rate i'm not going to have you know uh, uh, puffing and panting respiration pattern going on tai chi qigong free mm -hmm. flow free flow movement Tali, you ready for this? I'm going to pass some to you. Walking. Talk to us about walking as an energy building option. Man. To, 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 to support you away through the dad bod rite of passage. Yeah, love it. Um, firstly, love this because just like you were brought out the, the directness with like, nutrition and you're like there is zero excuse to drop the ball on this <laughs> yeah. i love this nothing is never the right option mm. no movement rest like it's, it's never the right option light mm. is always better than nothing unless mm. you are like comatose and in the er maybe you can have a bed rest day then but well, they can wheel you around. Surely. Yeah, and the, and yeah. and the, you still yeah. get sat up like this. Yeah. I used to work as physio in hospital. Like this is how important it is. People are like not yeah, even there, true. and you're sitting them, moving them. Yep. We go in and move their legs up and down. Like yep. movement is vital to life. Mm -hmm. And so, and this goes back to the all or nothing approach that I was speaking about. We might have had an exercise routine where we went to the gym and trained five times a week pre baby. Mm. There's no space for that. So guess what I do? Fucking nothing. And mm. it's like, that is not an option. Mm. The new, what, 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 how does it look now? That becomes the option rather than, oh, I had a routine and now it's gone because of fatherhood. Yeah, fair enough. I get it. Da, da, da. And fatherhood becomes this bearer of our excuses. It can, right? Thank and you. it's like I'm saying that and it, it's, yeah. it's, it's doing yourself and those who depend on your disservice to use it as that excuse to do nothing. Nothing is never a good option. And so I love that walking, right? And it's funny that we're talking about not going too gnarly because my froth for walking came when I was doing 75 hard, mm. <laughs> which is gnarly, right? So two gnarly. Point, two, two, God. Five is it 75 fucking days? 75 days, man. Oh. 245 minute yeah, no exercise session. <laughs> and it's like, and Rafi was about one. And I wanted to do it because I could feel this slip. I could feel exactly what we're talking about. I was mm. like, I'm feeling soft and sloppy and I know I've let it go too far. And that's what was the spark for me to do that. I'm like, I know this is really extreme and will never be a way of life, but it was almost like an experiment, right? Um, but I also had the feedback not to flog myself. I knew my body well enough not to go gnarly. Like yeah. at no point was that going to be two working out sessions a day. 
to be honest, it's probably going to be maybe four a week. And the rest was mobility, yoga. But what I found was one of those sessions every single day was walking because I had to get it in and I was a dad. So guess what it was doing? It was walking with Rafi on my front or back or I was pushing a pram. So I walked more in that 75 days than I did in maybe the four or five years before that. And I felt amazing. And I was like, I started to enjoy walking more than running. And I'm like, because it would be a fast-paced walk. I'd still feel like I'm moving. But it was just a topper upper up. I was like, there was no recovery needed on the other side. Physically, I felt better. Mentally, I felt better. I was processing the stress of the day. It was just, I was out in nature. It was just stacking. I was breathing through my nose. It was just stacking all these wins on. And I could do it with my child. And I was like, ah, this is the ticket. This is the ticket. It's walking. And I'm I'm getting so hyped for a walk, man. This is so good. Honestly, it was yeah, just like, yeah. oh, no, no matter how stiff or sore I am or a bit sore for a run, I won't do anything today. It's like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. walk. Mm-hmm. And especially mm-hmm. in those early stages of fatherhood where you can just strap them on the front, put them in the pram, and you're doing the thing. It's like, yeah. it's so good. And... You know, and you would understand the physio, like the three-dimensional movement. It's like it's your you are getting that subtle rotation in your pelvis. You are getting that subtle rotation in your thoracic spine. Mm. Like you are, you're bringing it. It's it's we're born to walk. There's that book, Born to Run, and it's like yes, mm. we are born to run. Like more so, we're born to walk really far mm. and really often, um, and our bodies love it. It just that every little thud, just just cleaning up the lymphatic system you know those mm-hmm. those one-way valves there's no pump for the lymphatic system the only way your lymphatic fluid moves through the body doing what it does which is basically the um collecting rubbish and the debris right there's no pump the only way that lymphatic system operates is through movement and yeah walking that is like just bouncing that fluid into mm-hmm. those valves and moving around. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. That's my yes. TED talk. That's my rant. Oh, thanks for, thanks for alley-ooping me. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so like. So TED talk worthy though, man. It's, for the it's, dads. It's, just walk, man. Just go for like, a walk. Like the amount of, because I'm, and again, you become time poor. So like if you're not good at habit stacking before you become a father, you best get good at habit stacking mm. and like linking things up mm. and the walk, the nasal breathing walk with the child. It's mm. like, find me a bit more effective use of 30 or 40 minutes. Right. You can't, you can't, you, just cannot. you can't, no, no. And yeah. And so it's, and even to be honest, like you can make it a family routine, like getting back to the hyper practical, like there's no time again, becoming a busy dad makes so many things excusable like if you came to me and was like man flat out business soul juliet's tired at the moment da 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 didn't have space for it there's Mm. part of me that's like fair enough do Mm. you know what i mean there's so many things that become fair enough and we start to use it as a scapegoat right and it's like well i'm going to speak for me i noticed i was starting to use it as a scapegoat or didn't get those work tasks done. I'm a busy dad, mm. right? Oh, I've, I've let that slip. Well, fatherhood, hey? It's like, yep. 
Mm-hmm. And there's some truth to it, 100%. Like the beginning of our conversation today was normalizing. There's, it's a gnarly time, right? Mm-hmm. True. And the pendulum can swing too fast. It can swing too far and you can start to, um, I noticed I was starting to um, just let it slip. Let yeah. it slip too far. Yeah. So tempting. And so tempting. It's so, and it's so you know? easy. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, God, all these years of, you know, upholding accountability. And you're like, finally, I can fall out of that for a bit. And so if I were to tack on anything, right, this was super, so a man called me out on this, like, very early in the piece. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, you know, a friend in my in my men's group. Shout out, Brooke Lucas. Um, and it was just something in passing. And he said, he's like, basically, to paraphrase, he's like, shut the fuck up. Now you're blaming, now you're blaming your boy for, for yes. the thing. And I was like, ah. Oh. And since then, not once, not once in my language have I blamed my child for any, uh, any, anything, like mm-hmm. anything, anything. He's fucking yeah. 18 months old, right? Yeah. There is nothing that could be possibly blamed on him. And I refuse to do that. Yeah, um, I'm not going to start that. And so being called out on that for, I can't remember what it was, but, you know, if there's relationship stress, if there's, yeah. if there's, you know, like I'm dropping the ball on my own, you know, cup filling practices and habits or um, feeling stretched in any way. Cool. Yes, it's happening, right? There are, there are circumstances that it is what it is, but I'm not blaming my, my little baby boy ever mm-hmm. for any of mm-hmm. it. Would they become the, the bearer of the burden exactly. just like how you're saying if i don't look at this body this morphia stuff little fellow yeah. becomes the bearer of that burden and yep. it's the same with the how we what what becomes our narrative about how we handle the stresses the glorious burden of of fatherhood mm-hmm. right? and our narratives around that and the language we use around that mm-hmm. um because again that was the exact realization i had uh, on a walk funnily enough Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, was was that i was like if this is the story i'm telling then it's on raffi and i'm like that's that's like that's not cool and i'm not willing to do that and so just started yeah started cleaning it up um because it, it what's coming up for me now is it brings us out of the drama triangle and the yeah. victim occupying the victim Am I a victim to fatherhood or am I a victim to what's happening right now, to my physical health, my state of physical health? Mm. And if so, who's the hero who's going to save me, who's going to listen to me and be like, yeah, 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 and just keep me where I am? And then who's the villain? Is it my partner that's not giving me the time? Is it the society that I'm fathering in? Like, Whereas what we're talking about is coming out of that victim space into the creator space and be like, cool. I need that accountability that you received in that feedback, right? We need that, that healthy accountability that's not beating us up. It's not calling us out necessarily, calling us forward. It's like, hey, 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 and this is where we're going. And that healthy support. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like right. that transition is, uh, yeah, is an important one. Good on you for bringing the drama triangle into this. Because, right on, because, you know, what I think is really helpful looking at, you know, perpetrator, hero or, or rescuer, depending what 
yeah you're to use and victim it's that we do perpetrate on ourselves and that we do rescue ourselves so okay. it's like the rescuer what holds me in a, in the victim consciousness is when i rescue myself by saying um that's okay you don't need it you don't need to eat well you know you can eat junk food because of this and this and this and this and this right so that's the kind of rescuer or you know for some guys it's like oh well it's hard times you know you get you get to have six beers tonight you know or you so that's the inner rescuer right that enables the victim right and then we wake up in the morning and we are misaligned to our vision right and so then we jump up and now we're in the perpetrator like you weak soft pathetic piece of shit you know like and we're perpetrating on ourselves which is just holds us in the encompassing victim consciousness Mm -hmm. so what you said then was really cool when we invert that drama triangle and the the perpetrator becomes the challenger Mm -hmm. and so the challenger is more like a cornerman that reminds us of our power rather than holds power over us condemning us and the challenger Mm -hmm. says hey hey did you see how you started to blame your, your little baby yeah, so I challenge you to come back into accountability. I challenge you to make today the day that you start the habit that's going to be with you for the next fucking 10 years. Yeah, yeah, love that. Mm. Love it. Man, let's distill it. Distill it all down into, I guess, yeah, doing that, that, that healthy support and healthy challenge and as it pertains to dad bod and vitality right because i think the theme that i was really enjoying was that radical acceptance do you know what i mean understanding there are physiological changes that are happening that will impact your vitality and that might look like feeling weaker less fitness putting on weight like there are physio- physiological things that are happening as this transition into fatherhood is happening that will contribute to that. And we like where, wherever we come to this self-realization, it's like acceptance of what is. Where am I at? Can I look at myself objectively and accept without the judgment, without the guilt, without the... That's step number one. Mm-hmm. And then step number two is doing something about it from that space, right? And then figuring out, okay, what are my non-negotiables? in this space not what my routine used to be not what i've let go of that's been and gone right and and defining and deciding what this season gets to look like and i think what i want to add in here is the seasons might change every two weeks especially in the early days yes (laughs) and this is where the like all or nothing approach again will fail miserably because if you Mm. spend seven weeks designing this master plan that you're going to have good luck because it'll last a week and then you baby will be teething and then you're you're cooked your routine's not there so it's being willing to revisit this and letting this be a mixing pot that gets mixed pretty consistently Mm. and communicated with our partner that's something that we haven't really brought into the conversation yet but it's a vital piece um that communication needs to be happening consistently because it's okay my self-care looks different but what does it look like it's still mm-hmm. got to be there to some degree mm-hmm. and then how do we communicate that how do we recognize what we need and communicate that effectively in a way that is received 
that serves the whole family unit. All of that only possible with step one. Yeah. Which is acceptance. Yes. Because yes. we create the plan in the knowledge. It's not going to go to plan. Yes. Yeah. Speak to that a little bit more, actually. Because I feel like there's a resistance to setting a goal or making a plan. Because what if I don't follow through? Yeah. What if it doesn't happen? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah, speak to that a little bit more just before well, we wrap things up. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it, right? The, you know, you, the pot's continually stirring, right? So if we become like um, fixated, attached, you know, rigid in this, you know, what is like you asked the question, okay, so what does self-care look like, right? So well, it looks like this and it's like, so this morning was meant to be this, but my baby has a fever this morning. Yeah. Right, so how quickly can you let that go? Let go what today was meant inverted commas meant to look like and come back into relationship with how it is right that's that's the the well that's the spiritual work mm. Mm. Brian katie would say loving what is yeah um then you know then we're okay then we're definitely okay right because we know that tomorrow or this afternoon you know it'll still happen right because i've made this plan and i've made this agreement and i've dream, mm -hmm. dreamed up and become clear in what self-care looks like for me so now i'm in an honest relationship with myself based on this season and this version of myself that carries these responsibilities but i i need to to embrace the philosophy that none of it's going to go to plan because that's that's actually the reality of it mm -hmm. so i think what i'm saying is we do our best right but we do our best in an honest way right yeah. we don't mm -hmm. do our best in a um self-abandoning yes. uh, uh, oh i'm that? doing my best I'm yeah 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 it's like yeah I know, I feel integrity i think i'm talking about integrity right so so when we when we talk about integrity we can look at it as when I, I i'm in integrity with myself when i make agreements and follow through on those agreements so if i make an agreement with myself and circumstances out of my power play out right to uphold my integrity is to then renegotiate the agreement with myself and then follow through. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Which means I have to define an agreement, right? An agreement is something measurable, right? Mm -hmm. Something time bound. It's not, I'm getting fit. Well, that's not an agreement. It's yeah. I'm going for a walk today. That's an yeah. agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it, man. Um, super important piece that renegotiating because yeah. if we i know one definition of integrity that wouldn't allow the renegotiation it's like well you fucking said it you gotta oh, yeah. do it Fuck and that. it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 that, is that that it's, rigid dogmatic masculine sort of oh man yeah 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 cool cool story um, yeah yeah and and knowing again where you sit are you rigid and unforgiving or are you sloppy and sneaky? 
would you let yourself off the hook yeah time and time again with some beautifully crafted stories stories the magician oh, come, the come spin me a yarn yeah yep. come tell me tell me tell me about why you couldn't oh, get it oh no you are a victim actually <laughs> yeah but you no you are a victim yeah so it's it's recognizing <laughs> and this is where you know a lot of these conversations come back to the outside support having people there that can support genuine yeah. support and fucking challenge when you need it and know what you need, right? Know what you need because you will need more of one than the other. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think we'll, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But uh, yeah, any closing, any closing thoughts on, um, on what we've covered on dadboard, mm. on vitality, on integrity? Closing thoughts. Closing thought is uh, like I, what I want to say and what I really wanted our chat today to be is connecting with the men, with the partners of men too, um, the, 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 dads to be the, the dads that are currently dads and the dads that are you know way down the path already and and you know have you know older kids and just to kind of connect with those guys um that's what i want and and to kind of through this conversation like bring us together it's like you know if you're resonating with this cool so you you know you're jamming with us and you know if you're resonating with it there's probably a bunch of other men that are resonating with it too and um where yeah we are we actually are in this together and if if there are things that are being what's the word um like if you're caught in a lone wolf approach to your journey of fatherhood like i my want is for this conversation to invite you uh, out of out of that mm-hmm. that that mentality and to come back and to be like yeah it's it's a wild ride and we're all doing it and we're all doing it in our own unique way but we're all doing it so mm-hmm. um if you're feeling you know, overwhelmed or kind of confused or disheveled or, or this dad bog thing really resonates with you. It's like, yeah, cool. You know, that's valid. Mm. Really, that's my closing yeah. statement. Beautiful. Love it, man. Step one, radical mm. acceptance. Mm. And um, I love the piece about the lone wolf because as soon as we let that go, everything becomes figure outable. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, and then so, um, yeah, I love how you, you're closed with that. My man. Thank you. Thanks for making the space. Yeah, uh, always you, good bro. to always good to jam. Um, we'll likely do it again <laughs> in a couple of months. Most definitely, um, and maybe in the flesh. Maybe in the flesh. Oh we'll yeah, that'd down be your cool. way and have some hang times. And do a, do a workout or two. Do a F forty five session together. <laughs> if, you, if you if you don't throw up, you didn't go hard enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So cool. What the man love love there's chatting with you always and always grateful to to a podcast with you it's kind of cool yeah, man. you know it's like mm. a friend of mine um she passed away um mm. 
last year and she had a podcast and I remember when she passed away went and you know checked out a website and a podcast just in you know reflection of her life and it's like fuck it was so cool like these conversations people she got Mm. on it's like it's a really cool legacy you know and and that's how I see it I see you know the the podcast platform as a way to you know it genuinely is an opportunity to to put something into the collective so I am grateful for being on here man Mm, beautiful man love that Nick Perry pleasure as always right on right on peace out bro Catch ya.